0: Two of them. Two All right, here we go. Ten seconds
2: of room sound starting
1: now.
2: Great. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Carlos. Okay. all right it is a windy day here in nashville tennessee i'm katie neal from odyssey country we're on broadway in the reverb room at the hard rock cafe with acm award-winning brett young how are you good how are you i'm doing great um i know that you won't mention this but i will happy birthday
1: thank you (laughs) thank you it's uh you only get to uh celebrate your 21st for the 20th time, one <laughs> time. Is that how is that sound right? I yeah, yeah,
2: that sounds about right. Are you into birthdays? <laughs> Do you like birthdays? Are you not a birthday guy?
1: Um, I, If I was left to like plan them myself, they would never get planned. But my wife does a pretty good job and put together golf this year. <gasps> oh, uh, this, this past weekend. So we pre-celebrated knowing that we'd be here with y'all.
2: Well, we're so excited and honored that you would spend your birthday here with us for a totally private concert. Nancy Garcia is coming tonight. She's brought nine of her friends. She's so excited. And I know it's gonna be a great show, but who would be like the artist for you? If you heard on the radio, you'd be like, I want to win a totally private show with that artist or that band.
1: It's strange. I hadn't really thought about that in a while um, and who it would have been years ago when I was not doing this for a living. Um, I think when you asked that, I realize it still hasn't changed. He's become a, a close friend, but still, if it was going to be acoustic and intimate like this, I think it would still be Gavin DeGraw any day, all day. Oh
2: it would be epic. He'd get up there on the piano
1: and just, like, blow us all away. <laughs> don't even, yeah, just don't even bring any other musicians. Just you by yourself. You please. don't need it. He's yeah.
2: one of those artists that when you're, like, you see him singing, because I've seen him, I've seen him do something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it sounds like there are so many more people up there. Like, the, the sound is yeah. so big. It's, it's
1: really, really big. And incredible. he's also, like, so unassuming. He sang at our wedding, um, and... He acted like he had had a little too much. He had been a little overserved, and he was like nervous <laughs> about it. Uh, and he got, got up to the piano and that's the first thing he said. And he goes, I don't even know if I'm gonna remember. And then he goes, you need a friend. Yeah. And I was like, you, come on. He's hamming you it up for sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's amazing. And then you just got back from c to c which mm-hmm. is the country music festival that they do yeah, over in the UK. Week. How crazy is it to you still when you're like thousands of miles from home and people are singing your songs back to you?
1: It's it's weird um, to even in the states to go to a city you've never been to and realize you have fans. That is always strange. But to go to another country um, mm. and and it's I think the coolest part and the strangest part is there's such a different type of music fan. They they literally consume the entire album. They learn every song, whether it was on the radio or not, and they really like kind of stripped down acoustic music too. They're mm. very like quiet and respectful as an audience. So it's a different audience all together but they're really really good fans
2: that's amazing I've heard people say that and they're also like very proper like yeah. they clap and then they all stop at the same time there's yeah. no line.
1: yeah I always go like you guys are crazy it's like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like enough is next enough. Song, then. okay <laughs> they're ready to go yeah. that's amazing I'm sure experiences like that are so special and you have had so much success and gotten to do really cool things in your career but I'm curious what was the last time you had a pinch me moment where you were like I'm just a kid from SoCal like how did I end up right here
1: oh I, I think I still have those quite a bit um, I hope I never stop having those um, but I think I, the the big one that comes to mind takes me actually back to uh, last time we were at C2c um, which we ended up uh, I got to meet Tim McGraw who's the who's mm-hmm. the one that like made me want uh, fall in love with country music as a fan and then in turn ended up wanting to write country songs uh, with one the first time I heard don't take the girl in the early mm-hmm. 90s and uh, we were over there playing um, in Dublin, opening for him and uh, Faith, and he found out that I was a huge fan and had somebody come grab me to come down and meet him and spent, you know, 20, 30 minutes chatting with me and, and we took a picture and, um, and you know, i had been in town for a long time and had success at radio at that point and still hadn't met Tim. And yeah. so. Um, I, I was probably fangirling a little bit in that moment.
2: Right, and to, like some people you meet and you're like, oh, you're just like a regular person. And and mm-hmm. Faith, I still feel like you're like, you are so famous, you're like floating. Like...
1: Yeah. yeah, and like just so comfortable in their own skin and it's, mm-hmm. it, it's obvious and it radiates, but also so kind and humble at the same so time. Grand. And humble and kind.
2: Yes. There you go, yeah, so. <laughs> That's where that comes yeah. from. <laughs> That's amazing. And then your latest single, You Didn't, we love this so we much. Do. This is a like heart-wrenching breakup song about one person who falls in love and the other doesn't, they end up breaking up and he's trying to tell her that it's okay, but maybe it's also not. It's right. also not. So talk about why you wanted this to be the next single.
1: Um, I think that one of the interesting things I had to kind of come at from a different angle with this record is that I've always tried to write from what I was going through in my life at that time um, because it was always the goal in order to be, you know, transparent and authentic it was just like pull back the curtain a little bit more all the time for your Mm -hmm. fans so you're asking to stay invested you know let them get to know you not just the songwriter Mm -hmm. not just the artist Um, but with this record i knew that um i couldn't just do a lullabies record and what's going on right now is i'm starting a family and having kids Mm -hmm. and so uh, i knew i had to for the first time dive into some topics that weren't necessarily current yeah and you know there were four dudes in this writing session that are all happily married with children. <laughs> so we all had the same kind of conundrum, and we just said, let's take a minute, let's go back to the place that we can relate to the most. And once we all know what that is, um, then let's dive into this thing. I think it's the taking the, the kind and understanding approach is what's interesting about this breakup song. Mm-hmm. The person that got their heart broken is the one not wanting the other one to feel bad about yeah. it. And I think that was the unique take on it. Um, And and for me, I went back to actually, you know, me and my wife have a 13, almost 14 year history. And I think the hardest breakup for me ever was actually when her and I broke up after I moved to Nashville. So this technically, while it's not about me and my wife now, Mm -hmm. I was drawing from the heartbreak of when it looked like for a second, it wasn't gonna work out. So um, all of that to say is the challenge as a songwriter to write about heartbreak when I'm not heartbroken. And also knowing that there's so much of me and my wife's story in this song. Um, And then just knowing that, you know, not even everybody that has happily ever after got their heart broken along the way. Oh, yeah, way more people can relate to heartbreak than they can have. In fact, <laughs> yeah. people that are sad cannot be happy for people that are happy. <laughs> um, so it's it's the sad song, it plays pretty well, especially in country music. That's so they call so it for a, a lot party, of reasons. yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> you mentioned your wife being a big part of the story of mm-hmm. the song. She also played a part in the music video. Yeah. Was this something you had to convince her to do, or were you like, Hey, babe, do you want to be in the music video? And she said, Yes.
1: Um, She said yes in a heartbeat, Um, Mm -hmm. but also um, the last video I did where I acted opposite another woman was the Mercy music video and me and my wife had just gotten back together. We weren't quite engaged yet, but we were back together and I just remember that it didn't feel right. Um, So um, we had a conversation. It didn't feel good to her either and the conversation Mm -hmm. was that I won't act opposite another woman ever again. So I'll either be the performer Mm -hmm. with two hired actors or, or it'll be me and you. And the way my friend Seth Cooper Smith wrote the treatment, it just felt like it had to be yeah. me, which meant it had to be her, and she ag- agreed after reading the treatment and was happy to do it and and crushed it. She she actually seems like an actress on stage. I look like that's a musician great. up there faking it. <laughs> no. um, but uh, yeah, we I just I just think as a married couple moving forward, there's no reason for me to uh, use the same. And an actor has a great justification. Yeah. that's what you do for it for a career. Mm-hmm. like that. It may, when you marry an actor, you understand yeah, that those, you get it. But, but when you marry a musician, you don't go, oh, and by the way, you're going to make yeah. out with some other chick in a music video. Mm-hmm. That's not, doesn't,
2: you're cool. doesn't, it's right? not yeah.
1: necessary. No, so um, exactly. there, there was a lot that went into it, but also she just, she crushed it. She looks so good on camera.
2: Yeah, she did. She looked amazing. And then speaking of videos with your family, I think everyone has seen this gut wrenching video of your daughter mm-hmm. talking about how she wants her daddy back. I need to
1: get him back. Oh yeah.
2: God, she's crying and her little lip is out. It's the cutest thing ever. How have you been dealing with now, you know, going from the pandemic, being home all the time, to being on the road so much, and then getting videos like that. I'm sure that kills you. Yeah,
1: it's, it, um, she, first of all, she's like super good at it already, Oh, she knows terrifying. what she's doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that lip didn't naturally come down. Like she, she did that on her own. Um, no, it's really hard. And, and um, you know, it, luckily my wife has such a great relationship and she's such a good mom to mm-hmm. the kids that like, that moment probably lasted as long as that video and then they were in the corner playing with yeah. whatever toys, you know, I'm sure. Um, but you know, that happened 20 minutes after I drove away on the bus oh. for like a whole weekend. So to start the weekend that way, I'm like, Hey baby, maybe save those videos for when I get home next time. Yeah. Cause that made that weekend really hard. That's so um, hard. but you know, I mean, you, you, you can't really be surprised by being away when you chose the career. So
2: yeah.
1: I try to wrap my head around the fact that I'm blessed to get to do it. For sure. And just put my head down and get through the weekend when they're hard. Sometimes yeah. she doesn't ask about me the whole time. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> she's like Who's that guy? Yeah, for every weekend where she's like bummed ten minutes in, there's some where she's like Wait, you were gone? Yeah. You know, so, uh, <laughs> she doesn't process it at no, all. No, she's, she's so much fun. And, and Rowan, our youngest, is now eight months old. And she's starting to, like, really get excited when I walk into the room. And I remember mm-hmm. this stage with Presley. It's a snowball from there. Then I'm wrapped around her finger, too. Yeah. You know, so
2: <laughs> They've got you, for sure. Uh-huh. And then you kind of talked about how you have to be aware of not putting too much of what's going on in your life right now into your music. Because, like you said, everything else turns into a lullaby. But how like, how else, when you are writing songs about your life, like, how does it affect? like your mood how does that affect what you're cutting what you're writing
1: it's a good question um, you know I think radio has lately been in such a unique place that for the first time I found myself trying to find out you know I, I never thought we'd be in a place where I'm more concerned about what's working at radio than I am what would be my favorite song on yeah. the record Um, but I think that's a responsibility to your fans too. Yeah. You know, like your fans might have different tastes than you. It's likely that they do. And Mm so, um, reminding them that they like your music might actually be digging in, doing a little more research and finding out what they're asking for not necessarily what is most personal or your favorite. Um, and, uh, and so I don't, yeah, that the process of picking songs has gotten a little bit different. Um, but I think. You know, as we as the climate changes, and who knows what new normal looks like coming out yeah. of COVID. We,
2: yeah, <laughs> we're we'll, all trying to adjust. Yeah, whatever
1: it is, at some point we're going to call it normal, but it yeah. won't be the same as it was. And so, uh, I think it, it's affected picking songs because I think I've looked at the fan rather than, you know, I'm a new artist, and whatever song I pick is an opportunity for them to get to know me better. Now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I kind of know my fans. Yeah. And so, what what do I think that would be the best they follow up like. here? Yeah.
2: That's amazing. That's great. And then here at Odyssey, something that we really focus on is mental health. We have this amazing campaign called I'm Listening that is just centered around destigmatizing some of the conversations around mental health. So what do you do to like maintain your mental health? Like what centers you? Like what do you do when you're like, I need a minute?
1: Uh, God, if I only knew, do you know? <laughs>
2: Um, I'm usually like, I need to lie down for a minute. That's my life.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I grew so up... It's tough
2: hard for you because you got two kids right now, so you have no time to
0: like... I know,
1: like, yeah, what if my thing was like, I just need a little quiet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that doesn't Is happen at me? home. So. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I grew up in the church and, and my dad's a pastor. And, and so um, um, I have faith and that's kind of been something that I've leaned on my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really dealt with anxiety until... Um, and, and I don't know that... You know, I don't like to say that I deal with anxiety because it's not at a clinical level. I know people that Definitely. deal with it, and it's debilitating. And I don't mm-hmm. deal with it at that level at all. Um, but I never dealt with it at all until the last couple of years. You know, and uh, I've really found myself. Uh, you know, my quiet time is actually prayer, um, and and it settles me knowing that I'm talking to somebody that I trust to take yeah. care of me, and that I always have. And so. Um, I uh, I don't I don't know that there's a great answer. I mean, it's the world's in a is really a weird answer. place and 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 that's that's my safe space. That's my mm. quiet space.
2: We're all just trying to find a way to take I care know. of ourselves a little bit. I know. Um, and then your latest record Weekends look a little different these days is going to turn 1 this summer. Crazy. And I know fans are always asking Crazy. like what stage are you at now with new music?
1: Um, I mean, I could put up out- five new records tomorrow if we had time to get in the studio. <laughs> We've been writing so much over COVID. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's probably three to 400 songs uh, oh in God. the bank right now, but um, we did a collection knowing that we would finish the collection and it would mm. be a full length. So um, we just started talking over the last couple of weeks about getting some studio time and uh, putting a song meeting on the books about what seven or eight songs will complete this collection. And uh, it'll be sooner than later. I mean, we'll, be, we'll definitely be in the studio before the end of this year. Um, uh, I would say sooner than that, and, and maybe even have a product before the end of the year.
2: That's super exciting! Yeah. And before we wrap up, here we are inside of the Hard Rock Cafe, surrounded by all of this like incredible memorabilia. If you were going to have to like bring something to the Hard Rock, like what would be your thing? Like, you got Ooh. anything that's bedazzled? You know, or my fringe? thing. Would, my thing would
1: have to be, and it's been my thing since the very beginning. Um, my band always does a Halloween show wearing Christmas onesies. <laughs> So there'd have to be like a... So we'd have
2: to get an also like extra yeah, tall it's frame a triple, for you. It's a
1: triple XL Walmart <laughs> Christmas onesie that fits me. Triple It
2: definitely doesn't work for yeah. like whatever they have in stock in the back right here. No, nah, but we can
1: maybe wallpaper the place in. I don't We're know. <laughs>
2: good. Well, thank you so much. We're so excited. Happy birthday again. Thank you. We're just so happy to have you here tonight. I know that Nancy and all nine of her friends are going to have a great time and we so appreciate it. Brett Young here at the Hard Rock Cafe.